100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano Saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt Podcast Mountain Buck Q&A Edition brought to you by Timber Ninja Outdoors. The way that these podcasts work are these are short 10 to 20 minute episodes where I dive into specific topics based on questions that you ask. So if you have any questions that you want to send in, you can send them to my email, bow at eastmeetswesthunt.com. Just put in the subject line, Mountain Buck Q&A, so I can go through and have these. Now, I'm not going to do these forever after December here. Um, I'm going to stop doing them for a little while, but I will bring them back just because the, the popularity of them has been great and the feedback that I've been getting which is kind of funny because I I honestly didn't think that, uh, I don't know, I wasn't really confident in doing these. When I'm doing these episodes by myself, it just, well, I'm, I'm literally talking to myself. So I feel like I'm missing things or I'm not explaining myself well. When I, when I have a guest, you know, I have time to think in between and, and, you know, they bring up things that, you know, generate thoughts to me. But I've been trying to write down bunch of notes and have things here in front of me so I can keep myself on track. But uh, thank you for the feedback on it so far. Now this week, we're going to dive into one that has to do, there's some questions that came in about late season. So really even after the gun season is the way I'm going to categorize this. And you're getting into later in December and into even into January here about, you know, where do you go during those time frames? What are what are the hot spots there? And 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 honestly, there hasn't been uh, a lot of years where I've had uh, a buck tag in Pennsylvania. Um, I've went to Ohio um, at this time of year. Uh, I've spent some time in, in PA, you know, hunting does and stuff during this, and I've run trail cameras and scouted a bunch during it. So I'm going to give you my my top three spots of where I've found where you can still have a chance at tagging a buck late season in the big woods uh, based off of my experience here. So really... It, it can be tough when, you know, the hunting pressure of gun seasons are done with and you've had all, all these hunters in the woods for the last three months. It's like, all right, what what are these deer doing? But 
as you start getting into that late season, things start to settle down a little bit. Temperatures are starting to get colder and these deer are ready to prepare, especially in the northern climates for, uh, you know, a tough winter and uh, to make sure that they're they're feeding on food. And, and honestly, first and foremost, I mean, it's no secret, but I'll say it anyways, cold weather will get deer on their feet earlier than uh in warmer type weather during that that time period so really you have to look at a little bit of a different strategy for being able to do that so basically the first the first thing i'll mention is is food is king and it's like okay what what does food mean in the big woods and it has a lot of similarities to the early season actually use the tactic uh, based off of what I learned in the late season to kill my opening day buck in 2021 where this buck was feeding on uh, a newer logging cut. But anyways, as deer, deer are starting to burn more calories, trying to stay warm and need to eat to replenish those fats and carbohydrates and the top food sources that I've personally found in late December and, and January are acorns, grasses, and browse that are commonly found in some newer logging cuts. So if there's still acorns on the ground, they seem to be the primary food source. In addition to acorns, a brand new logging cut might be my favorite late season food sources are coming out because there's so many different things in there. You've got briars, you've got grasses, you've got tops that are laying down. You've got a lot of things in, in one area. Now, specifically logging cuts that are just being logged. So these ones might not have the briars and everything, but literally after the skitters shut down for the day and they leave, you can find some good time where those deer will be in there even before the skitters are even shut off. I've talked to, I have a lot of buddies that are loggers and it's like, it's just a magnet for those deer. And as they start to get used to them being in there working, they don't really look at them as, as a threat. So the, the fresh tops of the trees that they cut down are really, really good food sources. Those are at levels where they couldn't reach to browse before at different times uh, during the year. So hunting the edges of these cuts can be extremely productive. Now, I like to find uh, the logging cuts that are on the edge of thermal cover, which I'll get into that next. So thermal cover being hemlocks, pines, some sort of conifer tree that has keeps their foliage year-round and provides a little bit of a windbreak and also almost like a blanket for for heating it's a little bit warmer underneath some of those places keep them out of the weather essentially now with acorns a lot of the acorns are scooped up this time of year especially it depends on what kind of crop that you had that year but there are some trees that are producing and and i've said it in the past where you know chestnut oaks are not my favorite acorns or oak trees to to focus on in October as it seems like the whites and the reds are preferred over the chestnuts in the areas that I've spent time in. Well, now a lot of those whites are gone and the reds are, you know, gone or are very little that leaves some of these chestnut uh, oak acorns available. So those are places that you can focus on. But if there is snow, you can just see where they're digging, walking through the woods, spending a day 
uh, just going through and checking to see where they're feeding, where the feeding sign is, where they're digging at. You know, I was just doing that during rifle season here where there was an entire ridge that's covered in oak trees and there was a few trees that were being dug up and hit. Now that was kind of in the open and there's a bunch of mountain laurel and rhododendron in this area and the deer were living in there and I don't think they're coming out uh, in daylight. So you kind of have to get either in that cover a little bit or just on the edge of it. Now with have you ever wanted to have Levi Morgan, Andy May, Johnny Stewart, and others available at all times? Well, you can with CyberScout from Spartan Forge. CyberScout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. CyberScout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%, and if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. Areas that have mountain laurel and rhododendron, a lot of times they'll have the oak trees mixed in it, so the deer don't need to come out and feed in the daylight. They can get up from their beds and move 100 yards or so within that thick cover and be able to eat. Now, that's really tough to, to be able to hunt. But it is doable. It's just kind of a high risk, high reward. Now, going to thermal cover, uh, you know, with the deer don't like to expose themselves just as much as as we don't as as humans. And the thermal cover, you know, pine, cedar, spruce, hemlock, all that stuff acts as a winter a weather break, and uh, those deer will seek out those areas to be able to bed. And I, I will throw uh, rhododendron and thicker areas of mountain laurel in there as well even though that's not typically considered thermal cover but that does act as a little bit of a windbreak a little bit of a weather break in areas where that gets kind of thick now hunting the edges of that thermal cover over a primary scrape on the way to a feeding area in the evening can be a really good ambush site scrapes are you know traditionally thought of of october and november type things but primary scrapes are focal points really at any time of the year that's again that's no secret now either as far as rubbing their forehead gland scents on the licking branches as after they're leaving their buck bedding location and to be able to find where the bucks are bedding at this time of year if there's snow again this makes this a lot easier but finding tracks finding tracks will tell you where they're hanging out at where they're going now if you find a big track in a wide open oak flat or just a wide open set of woods follow it back follow it back try to get in figure out where it's where they're bedding at and traditionally that's going to have some thicker cover and uh, some sort of a, a wind and thermal advantage to that now the other place that that i find my my third option here is that i personally really like when it gets super cold is spring seeps in draws and on side hills so as the ground begins to freeze in areas and the snow is starting to pile up, 
it becomes harder for the deer to browse on the grasses and other food sources that are lying close to the ground because they can't dig it because of ice and and frozen ground there. So water becomes more scarce to find too. And most standing water is, is being frozen over. Spring seeps coming out of the side of the hills and the middle of a draw, which is you know, just a small valley going up uh, between two points or hills of the, of the ridge, essentially. Those places are the last to freeze and they're also the first to thaw, which is where I t- tend to find quite a few sheds in these areas as well. The grasses and plants in and around those spring seeps stay greener longer and provide some food and water all in one location. If you find an oak tree that has a good acorn crop around a spring seep, that's the absolute perfect case scenario because they can get to those acorns without having to work really hard and use a lot of energy to be able to do that. So setups around these areas coincide with the terrain and vegetation cover in that area that is really most attractive to bucks in daylight hours. Again, it all comes down to, for me, is thinking what is a buck going to feel comfortable moving through in daylight hours if that's what you're focusing on. So the exact positioning of the setups can depend on the weather Um, You can get away with hunting right on the food sources when it's really cold and if they're getting up early, but when it's warmer, that can be pretty tough. And on those warmer weather days, staying tight to bedding or wait it out until you get the cold weather front that you come through. I know at that time of year, you typically don't have as many days uh, available to hunt depending on what you do for a living, but you may have used up your vacation days or it's it, the beginning of the year and you're wanting to save them for you know, later during the, the rut and, and your tradi- traditional hunting seasons. So trying to pick and choose when you can do that, or if you only have Saturdays and um, if you're in a state other than Pennsylvania and you can hunt Sundays, then you, you kind of have to, you know, use what you have to to work with there but in the, in the late season I'm I'm spending more time scouting and looking for where that fresh feeding sign is more so than anything else and I will throw a bonus spot in here if you have areas and a lot of the areas I hunt don't have this but I know in some other states a lot of the the big state forests game lands national forests whatever t- type of public land it is is surrounded by having private lands uh, either in the bottoms um, or sometimes on the top, and they might have cornfields or some sort of ag that is is still available. If you can have that and you can get on the you know towards the fringes of it, that can be an absolute magnet. Uh, we had that scenario uh, last year in Ohio, and when a buddy of mine, Jake, who uh, was on the podcast before Jake Belinda. He had shot a buck down there in in a late muzzleloader season in Ohio, and that's what it was. That buck was doing. It was going going to be heading down to an uncut cornfield that was still left up, and uh, and but it was bedding a uh, little ways onto the public and had some thick briars and green briar and everything thermal cover right there available kind of get in between there your traditional kind of bed to 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 feed pattern so late season can be good i haven't spent like i said a whole lot of time doing it but uh well if 
at the time of recording this. If I uh, don't get something here in this last few days of rifle season, then I, I may be in that position myself. So anyways, I hope that helped you out. If you have any questions, you want to send them in uh, to my email, like I said, bodiesmeetswesthunt.com. Would love to be able to answer these questions. And if I don't get to them at this time, I'm saving all these. So when I start doing these Q&As again, I can pull from some of them and be able to bring them up. But uh, with that being said, I hope you have a great weekend. And if you are in Pennsylvania, your last week, last weekend of, of gun season here, good luck, stay safe, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.